Hi, guys. So tonight's scripture will be on Acts 22, 22-3. It says this, up to this world, they listened to him. Then they raised their voice and said, away with such with such a fellow from the earth where they should not be able to live, allowed to live. And they were shouting and throwing off their coats and lifting dust into the air. Thank you for reading that. Let's pray. God, as we get into your word again, we're thankful for the opportunity of it. And as was prayed already, I just say yes and amen, that apart from you, there's no way we'll get a bit of it. There's no way any of this will do anything in us without the help of the Holy Spirit. So as we get into observation time, though we just have two verses we're tackling tonight, let it be two verses that go very deep, deep, deep into our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. And let me pause you on that because that is good because they are blind. They are totally blind. They have misread their Old Testament. But like you said, they're coming from a whole history and heritage of believing that they are the children of abraham they are the supreme race and to say that the gentile the gohim can be saved to me that sounds like blasphemy so good this is good because as we bring this whole thing into just looking at these two verses um if you just read these two verses you would think wow why are the why is this group of people getting so nuts What's, what's the big deal? But when we understand like what Isaiah was pointing out, where they're coming from, not that, that it's right, we're going to actually see how, um, why they're so hardened towards hearing what Paul had to say. And then also, though, because like he said, to a Gentile, to us in the house, what Paul had to say was good news. So you're telling us who's not Jew, we can be saved, we can go heaven. <laughs> you know? But... For them, that was not good news. That was that that cut them. But I want to be quick before uh, I want to be careful because before we look at these guys and just bash on them and their hardness of heart and their inability to hear God's word, I'm hoping to press in on us tonight to examine our hearts because this part of the gospel cut them. But there are other parts of the gospel message that I would say for us, if we're honest, our hearts push back against. There will be trigger words about the word of God or things that Jesus says that for you, you'll hear up until a certain point. And then when Jesus crosses that line, oh, no, 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 no. Right? You, ever, you ever been in a conversation with someone where it seems to be going all right? And then they just say something that you're just like, mm? you know what I'm talking about? You're having a great conversation with a friend and you're getting to know that you're talking about where you want to go eat. And this is really fun. And then they go ahead and say that they, they don't like poke. And that's just like, whoa. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, I've had uncomfortable conversations like that. You know, I mean, it's not even necessarily like poke. But then it, part of me, I had a couple of local friends where like, I just was like, well, you don't like poke. Explain that to me. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing if you just, you just can't, oh, you can't eat fish. That's why. Oh, no, I just, I just don't like it. Oh, oh, no. You know, I'm just joking. But, you know, there are things, right? That for us, we'll hear up until a certain point. And then once they say, once the person you're listening to says something contrary to what you love, what you're loyal to, what you have so set in your heart, there's a clash. And this is just so true about the nature of God's word. All right. So let's look at this. And I want to argue tonight 
So the devotional question that we're going to be chewing on is, okay, why are these guys so hostile? We'll take some more after. Why are these guys so hostile? Why are they so hardened or angered at this message that Paul was bringing? And then I want to just kind of think, okay, because um, Paul and these guys, they're actually not very different. Actually, if you read his testimony, that's part of what he's trying to say is like, I'm just like you. So how did someone like Paul, who actually we said an observation, he was standing by the cloaks. He was just as hardened as these guys were. How did he get from being a hardened hater of God's people to now a herald for Christ? How did that happen? How did that hardened heart all of a sudden become receptive? That's where I'm going with this. I, um, I'm going to argue that hearing is actually a matter of the heart. Fundamentally, it's a matter of the heart. All right, we're in two verses tonight. So let me read actually this. This is why I, 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 I say it like this. So this is Jesus speaking in the parable of the sower. I'm going to read Luke account, Luke chapter 8. Let me read it for you. You can write it down or turn there if you want to. But Jesus tells this story like this. He's like, when a great crowd was gathered and people from town after town came in, and he said in a parable, okay, a sower went out to sow seed. All right, so you see the brother running out, throwing seed around on the ground. And as he was sowing, some fell on a path and it was trampled. And then underfoot, and then the birds of the air came and devoured it. And then some of the seed fell on a rock. And it grew up, but then it withered away because it had no moisture. And then some fell on thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked it out. And then some fell on good soil, and it grew and yielded a hundredfold. And as he uh, said these things, he called out, interesting, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? And then the disciples asked him, okay, what does that story even mean? And then Jesus breaks it down. He said, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they're in parables. So that seeing, they may not see. And hearing, they may not understand. Now he breaks down the parable. Verse 11, he says, the seed that was sown, that's the word of God. All right? So right now, we read scripture. We sung scripture. I'm teaching scripture right now. Seed is going out. The question is, if you're hearing it, if the words that I'm saying is actually making sense. Now look, he says, the ones along the path are those who heard, but the devil came. And took away everything that the word from their hearts. Huh, not their ears. So that they may not believe and be saved. And then the ones on the rock, those are ones who heard the word. They received it with joy. And then because they had no root, they believed for a little bit. And then in time of testing, they fell away. And then there was some that fell on the thorns. Those are the ones who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares. That's a term for the heart. Their heart was more for riches and pleasures of life, so it didn't bear fruit and mature. And then it says in verse 15, but then there's this good soil that those who heard the word, they held it fast because they had an honest and good heart. See, hearing and heart go hand in hand. Hearing is a, My question for you tonight is how's your hearing with God? How's your hearing of the word of God tonight? Do you hear him? Like, do you hear him? And if you're having a hard time answering that, or if you would say it's been hard to hear, then, then my, my encouragement or my, 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 my teaching to you is it may reflect, it probably does reflect the condition of your heart. Because in this parable, Jesus was arguing or, or teaching, the reason these people don't hear is because something's wrong with their heart. 
All of us in this room got heart problems. We all got heart issues. All of us are one of these soils at one point in time. Right now in our little story where we're back in Acts, the Jews, their hearts are hard as stone. Paul is sending that seed out in love, with as much love and tender as he possibly can. And it's going, bing, bing, bing. It's not even penetrating. And then finally, he had a moment to speak. And that seed only got so far. You see that? So what we're going to do in these two verses, as we, mold, as we go through it, is I'm going, to sh- I'm going to open up three signs that we'll see in this text of, to detect whether you have a hard heart. Because these guys are obviously hardened. I mean, in observation time, you'd all agree, right? These guys don't want to hear it. So we're going to look at them and see three signs of, okay, this is how you know you get a hard heart. Or this is how you know you have a heart problem. Or this is how you know you know, like, hear it. Use like this. And then at the very end, to bring it to a close, then we're going to wonder, okay, so what's the solution? Because I hope right now, but at this point in the message, I hope you're sitting here pleading with God, please don't let me stay hard. Please don't let me have a hard heart. I actually want to hear you. So we'll see three signs how you can detect if you have a hard heart tonight or if your heart has become hardened or getting hard. And then we're going to see, okay, so what's the solution? How, how, how does a heart of stone become a heart of flesh? Let's walk through this together. Verse 22. So up to this word. All right. This word. What word was that? Rewind the tape a little bit. He had just said, verse 21, and he said to me, go for I will send you away to the Gentiles. That word, boom, that's the trigger word. Gentile, him going to the Gentiles. What were they accusing Paul of? Bringing Gentiles into the temple and defiling it. All right. So Megan in observation time did a great job of summarizing up until what Paul was saying. He was saying things like, hey, I'm a Jew, just like you. And for them, okay, no problem. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was educated. Okay, we'll hear that. I'm strict in the law, just like you. Okay, we'll hear that. I'm zealous for the law, just like you. Okay, I persecuted Christians, just like how you're doing now. Okay, we'll hear you. And then he even gives them this whole, then he starts talking about his conversion. And I'm wondering how come they never break out loose just yet, right? I mean, maybe they were just intrigued because he's like, okay, then a light shone from heaven. Boom. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I'm trying to imagine what was going on in their heart as they were listening to him. Because now he's trying to connect Judaism to Christianity. All right? Because he's like, dude, I'm just, I read, I love Yahweh just like you. I read the, the, um, the Tanakh just like you. And then he's just trying to say, but it just, it just, it just points, it fulfills it in Christ. But they don't cut loose at this point. Because then he says, okay, Jesus, can, and then bro, I just realized I'm persecuting the Lord. And they don't, they don't peep yet. And I wonder if it's because Paul is talking about himself. Like he's saying, I jacked up. I'm a sinner. And if someone's talking to you and they're saying, telling you how much they screwed up, you're not really offended yet, right? I mean, if they were really listening carefully, you could almost be like, okay, well, we're the same. I was sinning. You're doing the same thing I am. I mean, that could have cut them. Maybe at this point, they're getting a little tense. Like, okay, what are you trying to say, Paul? Okay, we know you screwed up. You're a sinner, according to your story. But what are you, are you trying to say? But he didn't get that far yet in his conversation. 
But so they're listening. They're hearing things from the Bible, right? And then he says, okay, because I think he's going to try to build the argument as to why Trophimus is with him in town and, and why he's doing what he's doing, why he went to Gentile land and came back. And then, but he just says, okay. And then he said, go to the Gentiles. And as soon as he said that, boom, it says they stopped listening. So for them, the part of God's word or the gospel that they don't like is that God could not possibly save messed up people like that without first becoming a Jewish proselyte. And then maybe, yeah, they could be saved. For them, this was blasphemous. That kind of thinking. But, you know, before we get a little bit upset about them, like, bro, because they, they would be upset to think that any of us in here can go to heaven. That would upset them to think that you and I, because we're not Jew, can go to heaven. Now, just pause and think, because perhaps in the room tonight, for those of us who've been walking with the Lord for some time, honestly, have you ever been tempted to write someone off in your heart? God could never save him or her. Are there enemies in your life? Are there people in your life that just get under your skin so much and the thought that God would have mercy on them? Think of the person you despise the most in life right now. If they were to be worshiping in this room with us next week in these chairs, brokenhearted because they've, the king, they recognize who Jesus is and what he's done for Would that bother you? Would that upset you? Because that will come down to fundamentally what you believe the gospel is saying. Because remember Acts 1-8, this message is to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, what Paul was trying to get to with his brothers is that this message of salvation, who Jesus is and what he's done, it wasn't just for us. If you've never heard this message, Jesus, God's son, was sent from heaven to earth. He came. He lived the perfect sinless life that we could never live. Therefore, when he died, it was a special, peculiar, powerful death. It was a, it was a death that, that he was righteous and did not deserve to die. So when he died, he was atoning. He was paying. He was bleeding out for your sins, my sins. And when he rose, it's saying, I conquered sin and death. And when he ascended, and in his authority, he says, if you repent and turn to me and trust in me, I got you. You're forgiven. You're clean. Not because of how much you go to church. Not because of how much you've done. Not because of how pretty you are, smart you are, good-looking you are, religious you are. None of that. See, the Jews, they, they were stacking up all their points, their brownie points to get to heaven. And so to tell me that these guys is going in by grace, nuh-uh. We ain't going to stand for that. Where's my dust? You know? No way. For them, they don't like that. And if we're honest, for some of us, maybe that's a part of an edge of the gospel you just don't like. I'll be honest. There was a time when I first started to get a grip of this. I almost thought, no, wait, you shouldn't forgive me, God. I'm too messed up. It just doesn't feel right that I'd be forgiven. You've been there. You think that. You feel that. And a Jew in this story would come to you and say, yeah, you're right. You don't deserve. So get out of here. But see, that, that's the edge of the gospel. That for the Jews, it's cutting them. That salvation is for all. And if you're here tonight, and you think to yourself that you are too far gone, you are a Gentile. You have rebelled against God. You have done things that you're embarrassed to even think of or utter in this room tonight. If we were to put a, a movie of your life 
you would be horrified for anyone to view it because you know who you are when you're all alone. And I want you to hear this, that Paul was bleeding out to get a message out that Christ saves the foremost. That's why he says things in 1 Timothy 1.15, Christ came into the world to save the worst of sinners who which I am. See, the difference between Paul and the Jews right now is the Jews couldn't believe that God could save screw up sinners like the Gentiles. Paul, in his mind, he's saying, I can't believe God would even save me. I'm worse than them. You see the difference? See, this is an edge of the gospel that cut these guys, and they couldn't hack it. Now, that may not be our edge that cuts us because we're Gentiles, and we're like, bring it on, Grace. We love it. Yes, you, Paul, preach it. But let me just suggest a couple of things, because I do think with this message, there are other parts, there are other edges of the gospel that perhaps maybe you and I, or maybe some of our friends, they don't want to hear. They'll listen up into this word, meaning stuff like this. Don't tell me that I'm accountable to God. Don't tell me that God made me and that eventually I'm going to have to answer him. I'm going to do me. I'm accountable to me and me alone. Don't tell me I have to answer to God. People don't like that part of the gospel because that's in the gospel. God is a righteous and holy God. Romans says that one day you and I will have to give an account. I don't know when your last breath is. And I don't know when my last breath is. But when that time comes, you are accountable to the God who made you. This is what the word of God says. And many people don't like that. And don't tell me that the God that I'm accountable to judges. Don't tell me he's a God of wrath. Just tell me he's a God of love. Just tell me he's a God of forgiveness. Just tell me he's a God of mercy and compassion. But friends, that mercy, forgiveness, compassion, and love means nothing unless he's a God of judgment and wrath. See, there's people who will listen up to, uh, uh, up to a certain point of God's word and then, oh, did you know I went to church and they said that we're sinners? He said, I have to repent and change. Well, yeah. That's what the word of God says. I think his friend, if we talk, okay, then continue on and see how that goes for you. No. How about this? There's certain edges of the gospel that we don't like where it's like, um, don't tell me that Jesus is the only way. I mean, come on. There's got to be choke other ways to get to heaven. Don't get all narrow-minded on me now and say he is the way, the only way to heaven. Well, this is what the Bible says. You see, up until a certain point, many of us, and like the, the text that um, Brother, I think it was Kaleo brought up, or Gabe brought up, people are going to have itching ears. Here's the first point. Signs of a hardened heart. I told you I'm going to give you some signs. You want to know if you have a hard heart? You have selective hearing to God's word. Signs of a hardened heart is selective hearing. Notice that they heard, they, they listened up into a certain point, and then they stopped. Right? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. Turn there, turn there. Um, mm, no, let's do two. Turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 30. I'm going to give you two verses. We're only doing two verses tonight. I told you we're going to turn some more. Go to Isaiah. Isaiah is flat, uh, kind of in the middle of your Bible. Psalms, Proverbs, and then Isaiah. 
Go to chapter 30. We're talking about signs of a hard heart is you have selective hearing. You only hear what you want to hear. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 9 to 11, it says this. For they, Israel, are a rebellious people. Lying children. Now hear this. Children unwilling to what? Hear. They know like hear. Hear what? The instructions of the Lord. Look at this. They say to the seers, don't see. And then they say to the prophets, don't prophesy to us what is right. Okay, I know what you're saying makes sense and it's true. Just don't say it. I just can't hear that right now. You ever feel like that and say stuff like that towards God's word? And then he says this, don't prophesy to us what is right. Instead, speak to us smooth things. You hear that? Prophesy illusions. You know what an illusion is? Something that looks like something, but it's not true. Isn't that crazy? Just, just, just tell me positivity stuff. Just tell me everything's going to be all right. Wow. Verse 11, leave the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. Oh, my goodness. And if we're honest, we will all confess that perhaps at one point in time in life, maybe even tonight, this is your heart towards Jesus. There are parts about Jesus that you just don't want to hear. Oh, but if you would just hear the whole truth, the whole gospel, it doesn't end on you're a sinner. Oh, would you hear the whole thing? Let us not creep into being the people who say, just, just tell me smooth things. Just tell me what I want to hear. Turn your way over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. That was an Old Testament reference of this type of heart, selective hearing. Now we're going to see a New Testament reference. As you're turning over to 2 Timothy chapter 4, um, I told you my week was kind of irregular. It's because I was at a Revelations conference. And, oh, man, I was so, yes, I love Revelation. And I love that that book is all about hearing. And hearing the whole truth, hearing the horrific truth that Jesus is. Yes, he is the Lamb of God, but he's coming as a lion. Our king is coming as a lion. And for those who do not really repent and trust in him, they will be devoured. I heard a pastor preaching recently. I was just listening out of curiosity. Uh, he was preaching to the book of Revelation. And he said, if you read the book of Revelation or if someone's teaching you the book of Revelation and they're making you feel like fearful and alarmed and like scared of God, then they're, they're, they're telling it to you wrong. Revelation's all about being happy. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> so just stop listening to them if, they're, if you're getting afraid of the coming of King Jesus because that should just be something you're thrilled about and just have good vibes. It's like, wow. That's what you want to hear. Second Timothy chapter four, it says this, verse one, I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who's the judge of the living and the dead. And by his appearing in his kingdom, that's a huge charge. We won't break it down. But he is saying, all right, Timmy, in the name of Jesus, our king, preach the word, not parts of it. 
not sprinkles of the Bible. Don't preach your favorite verses, Timothy. Don't just stay in John 3 and the Psalms. Preach the whole word. Be ready in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Now check it. Verse 3. There's a time that's coming when people will not what? Endure. They're not going to hack it. I will not hear it. But they won't endure what? Sound teaching. Not hate teaching. Not mean teaching. It's sound if I were to tell you, red light means stop. So don't run through the red light. Don't look at me and be, you're so mean. I don't like that. Because I want to go green. Because I believe that's green. All right? Go ahead, bro. They run through the red light. Whoop, whoop. They pull over. I guess I'm mean. No, it's just sound teaching. Telling them the truth. But there's going to be a time when people don't want that. But look at this. This is what uh, Gabe was saying. They have itchy ears. See that? Itchy ears. Meaning they'll accumulate for themselves. Notice that. They'll run out and look for teachers. And they'll bring teachers in. They will select specific type of teaching and teachers and preachers to suit their own passions. Selective hearing. And they'll turn away from listening to the truth. Wander off to myths, illusions. And then he says to the young Timmy, as for you, bro, be sober-minded. Don't get drunk on that stuff. Pray for your pastors. God, keep our pastors sober. Don't let them get drunk on wanting to sound good. Just tell us like it is, please. Endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. What kind of preaching and teaching do you guys want to hear? Just, you want teaching that's sound. You want teaching that's from the Bible, the whole counsel of God. Or do you just want parts of it? Pretty parts. Don't be someone who relishes in 316. I was just talking to Micah about this verse earlier. Don't be someone who just relishes in John 316. Ah! And fail to read on to verse 18 and 19, which speaks about condemnation and judgment. We isolate 316 and think it's all about that. Yeah, I love 316. I love that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But I understand this. If I do not believe, I am condemned. And it proves that I love the darkness. I don't love Jesus. It's not just a decision that I make. So I, mean, I decide, okay, I believe Jesus. Let me go to heaven. I want to hear the whole truth. Tell me the whole thing. What's your attitude towards this book? I mean, look at this thing. Look, look at how beautifully, brilliantly big this thing is. How dense this book is. This is the word of God. You're telling me you'll settle for a page? When I was in grade school, I don't, I don't think any of you guys do this, but, you know, I collected all my love letters that I got from the Wahines. And I kept them all in a special box. And I would remember myself just reading those pages again and, you know, from her. 
read line after line and just cherish and treasure every little bit and all the way to the very end of the, the letter love blah 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 oh let's read that letter again even if it's a paragraph if sam were to write me a love letter and if that thing was a thousand pages i'm telling you i would shred through that thing again and again and again why because i love her and every word she wants to share with me, I'll take it. You're telling me you just will settle for a page in that book. You'll settle for 316 and Romans 3 and Psalm 119, 105. You'll settle for that. Come on, Christian. Want the whole truth. Don't be selective hearing in this. If you've been having a hard time hearing God's word, maybe dial back. Assess your heart. Remind yourself what this is. Remind yourself who he is and what he's done. Let a love for God just draw you back in and to get, want to get into the meaty parts of the Bible, the hard parts of the Bible. Let Jesus shine light onto that part of your life that you, it'll hurt. I know it's going to hurt, but it's so good. Talk to me, Jesus, about relationship life does the bible got anything to say about this bible got anything to say about marriage anything to say about finances anything to say about career anything to say about anything yes it does second timothy three sixteen: all scripture is breathed out by god and it is profitable all scripture not some that's the big thing right there so i ask you are you selective are you allergic to truth that hurts, to medicine that stings even though you know it's going to bring healing? Do you look for in the Bible just the sweet treats, but you're staying away from the meat and the substance? I warn us, and I say us, myself, don't stay away from the hard parts of God's word. See, these Jews, they couldn't handle that part of the truth that Paul went to. Up into that word, Paul, I will not hear anymore. Oh, God, let that not be us. Friends, discipline is, is painful for a time. Oh, but it's so pleasant and fruitful for those of us who are trained by it. Let's keep going back in Acts. Um, almost done. One more verse. <laughs> one and two verses. Um, well, actually, we're still in the first verse. Uh, then, so it says, Yeah, we're in the first verse. Up to this word, they listened to him, and then they raised their voices. Okay, signs of a hardened heart. The first one is selective hearing. The second one, quick to speak, slow to listen. You see that? When your heart is hard, you're just quick to speak. You don't want to hear anymore. Look at what they're doing. They're raising their voices. You know, I see this in my son already. Trying to tell him something, talk to him. Okay, 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 okay. Understand, understand. <laughs> so. Buddy, I didn't even say what I was going to say. I just said, blue. Okay, okay, understand. <laughs> Father, have mercy. That hard heart, you know. But, but that's true, though, right? I mean, we're not, I mean, in general, we're not quick to listen. Especially when truth starts coming out and you know what they're saying is true. Already our reflexes are like, ah, ah, ah. But, 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 right? Quick to speak. James 119, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear. Quick to hear. 
slow to speak, slow to anger. These boys, total opposite. Quick to speak, quick to anger, slow to hear. Acts 7.57, when Stephen was getting martyred, we talked about this story in observation time, but you know what they were doing? It says this, they were crying out with loud voices. When Stephen was starting to talk about seeing the Son of Man, they started crying out with loud voices while they were putting their fingers in their ears. It says, they cried out and stopped their ears, and then they rushed together at him and killed him. When we hear God's word, especially when we hear a part of the scripture, that is contrary to our preferences or our customs or our culture or our lifestyle. Are you slow to speak and quick to listen? Ecclesiastes says, when we come to church, when you enter into the house of God, be careful, guard your steps, draw near to listen. Don't be hasty to utter things in your heart. See, when you get alone with your Bible, because I believe you do, and you have your devotions, don't be so quick to just journal away and talk, talk, talk. Get on your face, open the Bible, reverence your heart, and hush. If there's anyone going to be speaking in this conversation, he's got to talk more than me. You'll have a time to pour your heart out. But I'm telling you, if you're having a hard time hearing tonight, you're having a hard time hearing God, hearing the word of God, be quick to listen. Humble yourselves. Don't be so quick to raise your voice. We're all so prone to do that. All of us are. Quick to speak and slow to listen. God have mercy and help us. The wise man listens and adds to his learning. Proverbs 1.5. Let's finish off. And then he says, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging the dust in the air. Again, we were talking about this on observation time, but look at this. They're, they're saying some harsh things. Yet, you don't deserve to be alive. And then they're doing some strange things, but in that day, it made sense. It was when, when, you, when you throw your cloak, or even when Jesus, right, when they rent their garments, when they asked him, are you the son of man? And he says, it is what you said. It is what you said. Yes. Um, they rent their garments. Anything that's the, the cloak or the throwing off, it's a sign of what I just heard is blasphemy. It's blasphemy. That's what they're showing with the dust and the flinging and everything like that. But they're also saying, okay, Trevor was right. When they started to fling the dust, it is a sign of preparation. We're going to stone you. What you just said is so blasphemous, you deserve to die. Now, here's the last thing. Signs of a hardened heart is this. You're hostile towards the message and the messenger. When you have a hard heart, you're not only hostile towards what the person's saying to you, if it's truth, if it's biblical, you're not only hardened towards that, but you're hardened towards them. You ever been there? And then you hold that grudge against that person? They're the person at church you just don't want to talk to anymore? You, don't, you just... You just Fellowship time, you stay away from uncle because of what he said to you last week and encouraging you, asking, oh, so how's it going with so-and-so? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, you know, hey, this is what God's word says. You ever consider that? And you think to yourself, I ain't going to talk to you ever again. You know, like, right? Aren't we like that, though? That's a, that's a sign that you may have a hardened heart. We all have that. We've all been there. We don't like to hear the truth. And then when God uses a servant, get this, Paul, they were ready to murder 
someone, a messenger who was bringing them truth, and he loved them. He wasn't saying this to hate them or hurt them. He was saying this that they might be saved. But their hearts were hardened. They wouldn't have it. There's some truth, I think, in what they said, though. When they say the, you don't belong, you, you shouldn't get out of this world, you don't belong here. I think there is some truth in that because brothers, sisters, witnesses, ambassadors, Christians were not of this world. Hebrews would say the world is not worthy. John 15 says this, if you were of the world, the world would love you. But because you are not of the world, and I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You see, when Paul went into this whole thing and all this was happening, he's not tripping. He knew this would happen. He knew that he'd be hated on. He knew they'd be hostile to not just his message, but who he is. But you know why I believe Paul has so much patience and compassion? It's because here's the thing. He was just as hard as them. So here's the question now. How did Paul go from Saul to Paul? Because they were all in the same boat. And here's the thing. I don't think Paul was trying to recount his testimony to prove a point like, okay, the reason why I have a soft heart and you don't is because I'm educated, is because I did this, is because I did that. And then all of a sudden I have this good heart. How did Paul get the heart? How did Chris get this heart? I hated reading growing up. I never read a book cover to cover until the Bible. What happened? I mean, even this room. If you have any inkling in your heart, like you're actually drawn, you're pulled, you're curious. This is a book you keep pushing your nose to. And honestly, you just can't stop. Like no one needs to tell you tomorrow to go read your Bible. You're going to do it. And you're actually going to like it. You ever wonder, how did that happen? Because don't, don't get the impression or don't you ever think that any inkling of desire you have for this book to hear is your doing. What happened? Well, let me tell you what the Bible says would happen. Ever since the beginning, from the fall to now, our problem of hearing was always a matter of the heart. Genesis 6-5, the inclination of every thought of your heart, evil. All through the law, the, the Deuteronomy 10-16, Moses says, circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Deuteronomy 36, the Lord, your God says, circumcise your heart. Jeremiah 4-4. It's your heart that is the problem. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart's deceitful. I, I'm taking things from the Old Testament on purpose because that's the scriptures these Jews were reading. See, a Jew wasn't to read scriptures like that and think, oh, okay, so how am I going to circumcise the foreskin of my heart? No, get a sharper knife. Sharper knife. Um, okay, who's going to do this? Me first. Get in there, buddy. They weren't supposed to read verses like that and think they, they could do it. They're supposed to read a verse like that and think, okay, Something divine outside of me is going to need to circumcise this heart. That's how they were supposed to read the scripture. This is how Paul read the scripture. That's why if you're familiar with his letters, he says circumcision is not a matter of the outer. It's a matter of the inner. Let me, let me read you a little bit more verses. How, so the question that we're trying to chew on and to close is, okay, so I have a hard heart. How does it get soft? I have a hard time hearing from God. Well, then how do I hear from God? Jeremiah 31, 31 reads like this. 
Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers. Verse 33, this is the covenant that I'm going to make with the house of Israel. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their heart. I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will, I will, I'll do the heart work. I'll do the circum circumcision in your heart. I'll do the surgery. Ezekiel 36 says this, verse 25, I will sprinkle clean water on you. 26, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Not flesh and sinful flesh, flesh as it's soft and receptive. The good soil, remember that? There's a hard, there's a rocky, there's a thorny, and then there's a good soil. There's a good heart. There's a heart that you hear this truth. And even if it hurts, you're like, yes, that's me. I'm in trouble. I'm in sin. I don't like the way I'm living. It doesn't make sense to me. But you're telling me about a man named Jesus. And even just the sound of his name, there's something about it that's calling me. And you're telling me he really did come live and die perfectly and in love. He bled out for me because he loves me and he wants me. And he's not dead. He's risen. He's alive. He's ruling over the cosmos right now. He's coming again. And he's going to set this whole world in order. You're telling me that's true. And my heart is saying yes and amen. The spirit and the bride say yes and amen. They say, come, Lord. And you hear stuff like that and you cry. Why? God did something. He's putting in you a new heart. He's giving you new affections. And no other person can boast. It's not because of the preacher. It's not because of the church. It's not because of auntie, uncle. God used them. He's using this. This is the ordinary means of his grace, his word, his prayer, his spirit. But understand this, brother, sister. If your heart beats for Jesus tonight and you can't get enough of him, you want more, it's because God put in you a new heart. It's a work of God start to finish. This is why when we get to the New Testament, Paul says, we are the circumcision. We who worship God by spirit and through Jesus Christ circumcised our hearts. It all comes together now. This is all a work of God. Romans 9.18, that's why Paul says, he'll have mercy on whom he wills and he hardens whom he wills. You want to get rid of that hardened heart? Then pause, get on your knees, and beg to the king of kings. Have mercy. The only difference between Paul and these guys is the mercy and grace of God. He knocked him off his horse on that road. He could have killed him. He should have killed him. But he says, I'm going to save you, and I'm going to send you. And Paul's like, my Lord, my God, I'll go. See, what happened to Paul was outside of him. 1 Corinthians 15.10, it's by the grace of God that I am what I am. I wake up in the morning and I see my book. I see my children running around, crawling all over me. I'm just drowning in grace. Like I want to wake up and worship God. I want to get closer to him. And that's not anything that I did. He gave it to me. It is by grace you have been saved. 
chapter 2, verse 1, you, were, you and I were dead in our trespasses and sins. We don't want Jesus. Romans 3, no one seeks God. Nobody wants him. These Jews, they don't want God. Verse 4, chapter 2, verse 4 in Ephesians, but God made you alive. God put that new heart in you. Now you have these boom, boom, boom. You just want him. You want him. And even when you stray, for some of us, you've strayed and your hearts are, are slowly getting callous. You're slowly feeling distant. Some of you, you know, we've been praying together and you say, I've been so, I've been so distant from God. My devotion is this and that. And it's like, okay, pause. Examine your heart. Get back to the cross. Get into his presence. Remember, he who began a good work. He who began a good work. And then his, Paul says what? Where? In you. In you. We'll close with this in prayer. Think of the prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians. He says, um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. He says, open the eyes of their hearts. You, think, you hear that? And then for two chapters, he goes on preaching and teaching about the mystery of the gospel. Them and God, and then Jews and Gentiles. And then he says in chapter 3, he closes it with another prayer. He says, I pray this. For, for this reason, I bow my knees, and I pray that Christ would dwell in their hearts. See, hearing is a matter of the heart, guys. Paul's prayers instruct us that if anyone's going to hear the gospel, any of them, even these hardened Jews, and be cut to the quick, not cut that you get hardened, but cut that you get soft. It's going to be by the mercy and grace and power of God. And this is church why you should come to church prayer and pray your knees off for your relatives and your friends. Because it's all going to be a work of God. It's why you and I ought to read our Bibles and pray every day. It's a supernatural thing. If you're interested in Jesus tonight, that's crazy to me. That's miraculous. Who did that? God. And you should say, thanks be to God. Praise him and say, I want more. I'm going to close by reading a prayer that I think these Jews ought to have prayed, but they didn't. This is a prayer of David in Psalm 51. And I'm going to read it, but I want you to pray it in closing. Because I do think this is a prayer that if truly prayed from the heart, God in his mercy and grace, if you have a hardened heart tonight towards God and his word, he can and will give you a heart that is soft and receptive. Only God can give good, genuine hearts, make good, genuine soil. So let me read it as a prayer. And we'll be done. Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love and according to your abundant mercy, would you blot out my transgressions? Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. I know my transgressions. My sin is before me. And against you, you only have I sinned and have done what is evil in your sight, that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. 
But behold, you delight in truth in the inward being. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you've broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Lord, we all long for a new heart, a clean and good soil. We want to be receptive to you. We want to hear you. And we know as we have prayed, as we've read in Psalm 51, that you and you alone can give us this. And you do it through the person and work of Christ. So please, Lord, we repent of our hardness of heart and sin. Whoever and wherever we are coming from right now, we acknowledge and recognize we're wrong and we need to hear the truth. So please open our hearts, open our ears, that we may hear. Give us faith to trust in Christ and his work. And let us repent from our sin and the things that cling to us, that harden us so easily. Let us run away from it and run to Christ. Oh, Lord, let us here in Uwanu be a people who love to hear, have a joy in hearing the Bible the whole Bible, the whole truth, the truth that will and can and is able to set us free. We love you, Lord. Keep us abiding in this love. And we pray these things in Christ's name. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. Uh, love you guys. Um, I do want to throw this out too. I think Mel will come up and do some announcements, but um, really, really, and I don't want to throw it out clichely, but if you do, and Pastor Bob and Johnny, when they when on Sundays, they do offer this out. But if there is certain things you just really do want to talk through or counsel through or just wrestle with someone, please talk to a church member. Please talk to a pastor. You know, um, don't put those things off. All right. And the announcements when Mel, Mel, you can make your way up. But when, you know, whatever announcements she has, but when things come up for the church, like, Hear them as also opportunities to apply what we're studying together as a family, you know? So anyway, just make the most of those things. Uh, love you guys. Um, go ahead, Mel.